Welcome to the Locked On Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Tuesday, November 3rd. It is election day. Let's take a break. We're going to talk about the Twins. We're going to talk about a Twins target potential in the free agent market today. And I'm going to remind you that this episode is brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow me on Twitter at NashWalker9. You can follow the show at Locked On Twins. So we know, we've seen, the market looks abysmal for baseball. They have not been unaffected by the pandemic and the economic downfall of it. On the contrary, without having fans in the stands, owners have said they've lost billions. And, you know, what they say and what's always true is in, in line, but they have said that, they've claimed that, and the only thing that matters is, is whether they spend. So it doesn't really matter what they say because uh, it's their actions that are the important part. They can say they lost a bunch of money. We can be frustrated about it, but still, they're not going to spend, you know. So we just have to worry about what they're going to do. And the early signs have not been good for players. Colton Wong's $12.5 million option has declined by the St. Louis Cardinals. Brad Hand is straight up waived with a $10 million club option. That's who we're going to talk about today, Brad Hand. We're going to see in arbitration heaps and bounds of players non-tendered, including Eddie Rosario of the Minnesota Twins. Very good chance you've seen Eddie Rosario for the final time in a Minnesota Twins jersey. It's been the writing on the wall for, I'd say, over a year now with Alex Kirilov coming up, with Trevor Larnett coming up, with Brent Rooker making himself known last year in the big leagues. It's, the again, the writing was on the wall. You know, the, the cat's in the bag, the bag's in the river there. Eddie Rosario is, is done. He's not coming back. I'd put it at about 99% that Eddie Rosario has played his last inning in left field, has taken his last at-bat for the Twins. Uh, and, you know, we will talk about that once it happens because a couple weeks from now the Twins are going to have that decision to make on the non-tender. There's only two guys that are potential non-tender candidates, and one of them's kind of related to Brad Hand, left-handed reliever Taylor Rogers, uh, projected between 5.5 and $7 million in arbitration, had a really poor 2020. None of the numbers looked good for him, but – you know, did deal with some bad luck. Expected ERA was in the 67th percentile. Expected Woba 67th percentile. Nothing like 2019. Um, they're hoping he can bounce back. But there's the potential there that they non-tender him and sign him for less to save a couple bucks and, and go get someone else. I wouldn't be opposed to that, but then you risk losing him in free agency. And I don't know if I want to lose Taylor Rogers. He's just a year removed from being great. And since 2018 has been fantastic, whether as a closer or a setup man. So let's let's take a look at Brad Hand, the other left-handed reliever, uh, potentially on this market, one of the top-end relievers on this market. And Brad Hand's a special free agent to talk about. And I was excited to talk about Brad Hand because he's a Minneapolis native. Pitched for Chaska uh, in high school, grew up in Minneapolis. He's 6'3", 215 pounds. I mentioned left-handed reliever. He'll turn 31 in March. But I remember Brad Hand pitching for the Marlins back in the day and my dad told me oh he's from Chaska and I always think that's cool and you know I did find out I think it's the top six players ever in terms of baseball reference war all at one point played for the Twins it seems like they like to come back to play for their hometown team I I was trying to get some insight from Darren Doogie Wolfson who's going to come on the show here in a couple weeks I'm also uh, lining up some other guests it's going to be really fun coming up in this offseason it kind of gives me an opportunity to be creative uh, but I texted him trying to get a feel of whether Brad Hand was a Twins fan growing up. I assume he was and whether there's any desire there to play for his hometown club. And, and Doogie just said he's open. You know, he's open to any opportunities, Doogie and, and Brad in contact. So we'll stay up to date on that. 
But let's look at Brad Hand's numbers. In his first five years with those Marlins, he pitched in 90 games, started 43 of them, so kind of uh, mixed you know, starts and, and relief appearances. 471 ERA, not good. 3.7 walks per nine, only 5.9 strikeouts per nine. 454 FIP, that's also not good. He gets waived, and the Padres claim him off waivers from Florida. Uh, Hand then leads Major League Baseball the next year with 82 appearances, mainly a reliever. Posts a 292 ERA, a 307 FIP, and 11.2 strikeouts per nine. Just breaks out. I think that was his age 26 season as a setup man in his first year with the Padres. Just needed a change of scenery, needed a change of role, maybe needed a change of pitch mix. Starts throwing that slider, and since then has been fantastic. 2017 was great. 216 ERA, 303 FIP, 11.8 strikeouts per nine in the eighth and ninth innings for San Diego. And 2018, of course, gets traded to the Cleveland Indians with Adam Simber for Mejia, who's a top catching prospect for the Padres. And he's been Cleveland's closer uh, or eighth inning guy for two and a half seasons since. He's got a 278 ERA, 262 FIP, and 13 strikeouts per nine. Elite numbers in 2020. 23 games, 205 ERA, 137 FIB, 11.9 strikeouts per nine. Was fantastic in 2020, Brad Hand. And there was a narrative, and it wasn't a narrative. The numbers backed it up. You know, at the All-Star break last year, Brad Hand really kind of fell off after that. He was outstanding in the first half and then throws. I think he threw 30 pitches in the All-Star game. And then after that point, he was not the same. He gets shut down with an elbow sore, elbow soreness. Um, but since the 2019 All-Star break, because you bake in 2020 where he was good, 364 ERA is not good, but 282 FIP, so some bad luck mixed in there, and still 12.4 strikeouts per nine. It's hard to find a wrinkle with Brad Hand. There was a sense, again, that he just didn't have it after the All-Star break uh, last year. And, yeah, since then he's got a 364 ERA, but you kind of dive into those deeper numbers with the FIP. The strikeouts are still there. There are some velocity questions with him that we'll get to, but here's the main deal with Brad Hand. He's one of the best closers, one of the best relievers in the game. Since 2016, he's seventh among relief pitchers in Fangraph's calculation of war. He's first in games pitched, and that's important. We'll talk about that. His, his 270 ERA excuse me, is tied for 14th among qualified relievers. 292 FIP is tied for 14th or is 14th straight up. 33.3% strikeout rate is 13th. 279 Sierra, which is like expected ERA, 11th. And third in wins, win probability added at 9.67. So Brad Hand, you know, one of the best in the game since 2016. There's, there's no question about it on that front. But there are question marks with him because he is 30 and or he's going to be 31. And he's pitched the most games in baseball since 2016. He's, he's first. So it's important to think about that as we look at his arsenal as we look at his stat cast data, and as we look at the future for Brad Hand after the break. Slider usage has been 50% or more for Brad Hand since 2018. Throws his slider a ton. Does that sound like the Minnesota Twins? Matt Whistler, Sergio Romo, Taylor Rogers? Certainly does to me. Big slider guy, Brad Hand, and, and why wouldn't you? This pitch is amazing. In 2020, he threw 22 innings, 205 ERA, just another great year, led baseball in saves. Um, let's look at his expected stats on those pitches. So he threw his slider over 50% of the time at an average of 79.6 miles per hour, both to righties and lefties. 138 expected batting average, 165 expected WOBA, and 238 expected slugging percentage. 
Guys whiffed at that pitch 38.6% of the time. The slider is elite. The four-seamer is what kind of gives him that extra boost. Average 91.4 miles per hour. Expected batting average 155. Woba 251. Slugging percentage 294. Only 9.4% whiff rate. But hands four-seamer plays up, of course, because the slider is such an effective pitch that the four-seamer looks like gas, even at 91.4. The sinker, he threw a little bit more in 2020. It got pounded. Expected batting average 426, uh, 480 Woba, 790 slugging percentage, only 22.7% whiff rate, and threw his curve 1.4% of the time. Not enough data on that pitch for expected statistics. But I think the main thing with Brad Hand that you have to look at as we try to project and look into his future is his four-seamer velocity on that fastball. 2015 averaged 93 miles an hour. 2016 bumped to 93.5 miles an hour, and that's when he went to San Diego and kind of resurrected his career, uh, and it jumped, you know, just by a little bit, but 93.5 miles an hour out of the bullpen. 2017, same, 93.5. 2018 bounces up a little bit, 0.3 miles per hour to 93.8. 2019 goes down 1.1 to 92.7, and I think part of that is the elbow soreness like there's serious questions about his elbow because of the usage there and because he's a slider heavy pitcher 2020 91.4 miles per hour so some from 2018 to 2020 his average fastball velocity has dropped almost two and a half miles per hour 2.4 miles per hour his fastball velocity has regressed and that is important it's very important I talked about it with Sergio Romo the slider becomes less effective when your fastball loses juice and that's the trend that's the way that Brad Hand's heading, but the thing is, you look at the numbers and you say, does it really matter? 22 innings, 205 ERA, 11.9 strikeouts per nine, and a phenomenal FIP in 2020. Does it really matter for him because that slider is such a good pitch against righties and lefties? We do have to ask, is the arm fading as we, as we get into the key questions for the Twins here? Is the arm fading? This is less of an important question because he just had a $10 million club option for one year that got declined by the Cleveland Indians. He actually got waived so they didn't have to pay his buyout. No one picked him up for one year and $10 million after all those numbers I just gave you. He was one of the best relievers in baseball and was amazing in 2020. No one picks him up for $10 million on one-year deal. So the fading arm matters less because he's not demanding a three-year deal. You know, he's not demanding even a two-year deal. I think when you look at this market, Brad Hand could be one of the biggest steals that you find on it. Um, but he also could be one of the biggest misses because that fastball is declining, because he's had elbow issues, because you know he's getting into his, his 30s now and has a ton of usage on his arm. But at the end of the day, it's a one-year contract. You know, It's a one-year, maybe $8 million contract. You eat that. The Twins paid $8 million to Homer Bailey last year. You know, Not $8 because he barely pitched. But you eat that. You know, It's like that's marginal. And in this market, it's not. So... That's why I think no one wanted to pay him 10, but one year, 10 million for Brad Hand in a normal year, it's like any, I think 25 out of 30, even teams that aren't competing would take that. But because of the pandemic, the twins didn't pick him up. No one picked him up off waivers. 30 teams didn't think Brad Hand was worth $10 million on a one-year deal. Why? What numbers do they have that I don't? Is it just the numbers of revenue? That I mean, that's probably the easiest and best answer here is they don't want to pay 10 million for this guy. Everyone's salary is going to be cut everyone's years on their deal is going to be cut and brad hand is not exempt from that could he replace taylor rogers is a question for the twins matt taylor it's funny i was i was doing this research matthew taylor mn guest of the show my friend at twins daily puts a poll up would you rather have brad hand for eight million or taylor rogers for seven million and that's exactly this question can he replace taylor rogers 
We'll get into Rodgers tomorrow. We're going to talk about his numbers, and then we'll answer that question probably Thursday as we look deeper into this comparison. But I think more exciting, could he complement Taylor Rodgers? If you really beefed up your bullpen, now you have two huge, big lefties. Now, in this division and in this league, and Brad Hand is great against righties and lefties, I just don't know if I want my two best highest leverage relievers, even in that case, Tyler Duffy still probably – uh, you know, their second best reliever to Brad Hand, but we'll look at Taylor Rogers tomorrow and project him. I, I don't know if I want them to be lefties. And the Twins last year went with a righty heavy bullpen, Caleb Theobar, Taylor Rogers, the only lefties in there. They did that on purpose, I'm telling you. They they went with a slider heavy bullpen on purpose. Part of that I think is that they they just believe that they could help Matt Whistler and they did and they they like Sergio Romo and his slider. But this division in this league you want right-handed relievers. That's just, just the way it's set up. I wrote an article all about this last year for Twins Daily. That's just the way this, this league is set up right now. I mentioned it earlier. Does he have a desire to pitch in Minnesota? I think this is actually a big factor. If he thinks at the top of his mind, like, my number one thing, my number one wish is I want to go pitch for the Twins, my hometown club, a winning team that I can step right into a big role, late-inning role for them, you know, he should expect that based on how good he's been. But what if that is his – what if he and his agent go to the Twins like Madison Bumgarner did for the Diamondbacks? I know that's crazy, but he's from Minnesota. He wants to – I guarantee he wants to play for a winner. He, winners – only winners will be targeting him at, a, at his salary, you know, teams that are looking to compete. But even teams that are that are really needy in their bullpens, like Philly, like the Phillies, said no at $10 million. So is he a steal at one year and $8 million, which is probably the projected salary – or is he not? And would that be a steal for the Twins? If he went and came to the Twins and, and went to Derek Falvey, him and his agent, and said, hey, let's get this done. I want to pitch for the Twins. That gives you some leverage. Maybe you can get him on a one-year $6, 7000000 million deal. I signed that yesterday with a club option for 2021 or 2022, excuse me. I signed that yesterday. I think Brad Hand is, is going to end up being a good signing for a team. I do have reservations. You know, I think legitimate problems with the four-seamer velocity. I worry about that legitimate problems with the elbow last year in 2019 at the end of the year he has a ton of usage on his arm again has pitched more than anyone in the league more games than anyone in the league since 2016 as a reliever it's it's the usage on his arm is is unmatched by anyone else and at a certain point a slider heavy guy who still throws low mid 90s uh, at his best you have to wonder how much is left in the tank there and that kind of leads you to is there any upside with brad hand do you feel like you can tap into more i know there's not a lot much better he can do, but do you feel like you could tap into more? The Twins love that. They have an appetite for that. That's what Thad Levine has said. What's his role? Eighth inning, ninth inning guy. I think he steps right in with Tyler Duffy and Taylor Rogers or without Taylor Rogers. Again, we'll talk about T-Rodge tomorrow. Um, but Brad Hand is super interesting as a Minnesota hometown kid for the Minnesota Twins. I think uh, this is one to watch here. And I hope these numbers helped you kind of put context into Brad Hand. No question, he's been one of the best relievers in baseball for a long time now. It's just there are some questions with him, too. Um, you know, I, I think when you look at his injury history and you look at that fastball velo, you have to think long and hard. Go Twins, go vote. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.